welcome to Mr. Rewatch, your Mr. Robot recap podcast, which is ordinarily brought to you by a stand-up comedian and a depressive hacker. But today, it's just me, it's Aaron, and I'm joined by a couple of special guests. Can I ask you to introduce yourselves to our listeners? Hi, this is Will Polk. I am the producer of the Scene and Nerd podcast. Hi, this is Sarah Belmont. I'm a contributor to the Scene and Nerd podcast. I'm really pleased to have you joining us today. So we're doing a little bit of a look forward, and I just want you to know I've never had a single correct prediction about this show, so this is very low pressure. Maybe I can ask you to tell us a little bit about Scene and Nerd and how it kind of fits into the Mr. Robot world. Oh, that's a good question. It For me personally, um, it's very tied in because I actually... Scene and Nerd, neither myself nor Will created. Um, a friend of ours, Pete Van Vitas, actually is the founder of it, along with two other people, Casey and Matt. And they were covering Scene and Nerd or Mr. Robot during their first season. During its first season, man, I'm bad at telling stories right now. Damn it. <laughs> that just fell apart. So they were covering it. I was listening to it and I ended up contributing and being a guest host will save me explain yourself <laughs> yeah well actually so for me it was reading sarah's reviews and on their uh podcast and also listening and and also another show the the flash sarah would do recaps and so uh, she kept telling me i need to watch the show mr robot i need to watch the show mr robot and so i said like, i will i will but i didn't watch it the first season but uh after Pete and the rest of the crew cycled off and Sarah became the host of the show and uh, had me join her on the, on the podcast, uh, we, our first year together, we did a, a rewatch of Mr. Robot. And that was our, our summer uh, hi- hiatus sh- shows that we uh, did for, uh, I guess, season two. And then uh, that led up to season three. So, uh, that's how I uh, got into into the show. That's great. And um, earlier, uh, Will told me that you two had um, you'd met on Twitter, and I thought, wow, it's so nice to see that website used for uh, good instead of evil. You know. Um, so maybe I can ask you. You know, it's been a long time since we've had anything new from Mister Robot, but you know, to try to build a little bit of momentum before we get into the new season. What are you hoping to see from season four, or the final season of this show? I'm hoping just to see another season <laughs> at this point. It's been so freaking long. I literally forgot Tyrell's name. <laughs> this whole day I've been stressed out, Erin, because I'm like, they want me to talk about Mr. Robot when I haven't watched a single episode in probably over a year. I haven't even thought about the show in probably over a year. And I'm just, all of my knowledge is wiped and it's going to be so weird to start watching and get back into it, knowing that it's been a year since, or two years since the last season aired. And now this is a final season and I'm very emotionally invested, but I'm just also kind of like, really that show, they're going to do another season. I don't know. Will? Yeah, I, I was telling Aaron before we started recording how whenever we finally got the first trailer for season four uh, and how honest, I felt very similar to you and that I, the all the momentum and everything that had built up with season three 
I felt I, I needed to do a rewatch because I, just to get back into the into the mindset and and pick up on all the things I missed and have forgotten from the show and and I know Sam Ismail's done things like Homecoming and other things in between and I my I'm looking forward to season four, but also I hope I'm hoping that I won't be let down like a lot of people were with say a show like Game of Thrones. Well, you you don't watch Game of Thrones, so how do you have any right to throw shade at that show? That's not fair. I I, I observe things. I observe things. <laughs> you don't observe. You just listen to me rant about things. There's a big difference. That's true. <laughs> What did Sam Esmail do other than homecoming? <laughs> Why did they get really silent? What did he do? I mean, I know he got married, but I don't know if that counts. Rami Malek has been very busy. Well, I mean, he can only win so many awards. <laughs> He's won them all now. He can come back to work. <laughs> Yeah, he just has the Tony, and then he has the trifecta. Yeah, that's all he's missing. That's the only thing he's missing. And I'm sure he'll probably branch out to that. But actually, Rami actually did a podcast, too. He did that, uh, was it true crime drama? Um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it right now. But uh, Oh, Blackout. Yeah. So there's been they've been busy with other stuff, and, and I guess, except for Christian. Yeah, what does that guy do? Well... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that Riverdale will probably pick him up because that seems to be the trend these days. I don't know why I said that. Anyways, next question. Um, so uh, is there any particular character that you are really looking forward to seeing a conclusion to their storyline? Well, um, had you asked me this in 2017... <laughs> When I was fully engaged with the show, I would have said Tyrell. But considering I forgot his name, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Um, I would actually say um, my straightforward answer would be White Rose. And it's because I think Sam Esmail will get a lot of hate if he does not give that story arc justice at the end of it. Or if there's no A closure fulfillment for the viewers of like, I've been on this journey. White Rose is the most mysterious character in the entire cast. And, and at the end of the day, there's still a lot of questions surrounding that character. Like that's not what I agreed to. I agreed to be told a story and recognizing why this character has always been that puppeteer um, throughout the season. And the, her connection to Elliot and the dual identity that they threw out there. Um, I think in the third season, like we really need to understand what was the point and correct me if I'm wrong. They were like building some sort of machine right in the last season. And we never got a full explanation of what that was. That's correct. They, they were building some type of machine at the beginning of the third season a lot of folks were thinking that that machine was like some kind of time machine or something like that, if I recall. And yeah, and, um, but I think the the time travel was more just a MacGuffin for, I think, exploring Angela's story and the narrative of just trying to, if you could go back and, and change things, how, how would that, 
uh, impact their lives moving forward. But uh, so I think folks are taking time travel a bit literally, but it was more of a figurative dramatic device in, in, in the show that third season. Right. Well, I do think that one of the reasons why that theory had so much buzz around it and Aaron, I don't know if you prescribe to it, but my thoughts was that this show, why first season there was so much connections is because it, it, all these characters are dealing with grief and loss. I mean, every single one of them have had things, people taken away from them and taken away from them too soon. And so with White Rose, I always remember there was a point where I think the, I forget her name. She's Meryl Streep's daughter. Grace Gummer. Oh, Grace Gummer, uh, Dom. Yeah, Dom was talking. Yeah, didn't she encounter, she didn't encounter White Rose, but she encountered um, the other identity of White Rose, which I forget. Oh, the Zhang. Uh, the minister, yeah. uh, Jang, or I can't. Okay, yeah. Jung. And he told a story about his sister. Um, and and I always thought that was a very interesting, like, for somebody to pull out out of nowhere. So I've always believed that White Rose or Jung did have a sister. And that's what all of this is for, is to try to bring back his sister or re- um, I don't know, find her just like how Elliot brought in a way brought back his father through his mental disorder. But Um, it's interesting because I had never, I had always thought that was just a way of storytelling or explaining not so directly um, some issues with gender identity that uh, Zhang slash White Rose are grappling with. So I had never even considered that, but I'm interested in it, especially because of the obsession with the clocks and all of that, you know, talk about time and hacking time. Right. And I mean, isn't that anybody who loses someone, especially early on in your life or just unexpectedly, that's the biggest regret is time. Right. Like, we didn't have enough time with them. I wish I could change this. I wish that I could change the last time I spoke to that person, our last encounter, how we left things. All of that regret, it's all tied up into time. It, it, it is indeed. And and I, and I think there was a lot of illusions, as you mentioned, the White Rose's preoccupations with, with time pieces and, and even visuals in the show as far as the scene. I think after... Uh, there was one particular moment where Elliot was watching uh, television on the street and in the, in the shop, and they had the famous scene from Superman, the movie where he goes back and, you know, he flies around the earth to, to reverse time. Mm-hmm. So, so again, I think that definitely gives some credence to people thinking that uh, that device was some white roses attempt to maybe try to build a time machine or something like that. And maybe, and hopefully we'll do, we'll, to your point, Sarah, get some closure uh, and revisit that that super collider or whatever they were building. And uh, I guess I assume that was in China or, or maybe related to the Washington Township power plant. Um, we'll get some resolution to that in the fourth season, which I think we will. Yeah. 
I mean, Erin, to your point about the dual identity with gender, I think it was a, I do think that on, on one level, that is what Esmail was trying to do with that whole story element. But I also think it could be used as a very clever device to really give a good, like, aha moment for us viewers at the end, if if that actually does come to fruition. Granted, I've never been right about any of my theories with this show. <laughs> and I also think that it's, it's just like what they're doing with Elliot, though, because with Elliot, you think he's a good guy. He's he's the kid, and, and it's, his father was always the aggressive until you start to, over the seasons, really understand who Elliot is and how this whole mental disorder has, has kind of allowed him to paint his dad as a bad guy. Um, but that's just one version of who his dad was. And so we're still confused as to if, if his dad was really that aggressive or if it was Elliot or if that's just one, one version of the story. So it's kind of like using the mental um, disorder that they've as that kind of masking of um, perception and, and, and the relationships. I don't know. I'm stumbling now. Um, I think it's it's interesting, and and you know part of what's interesting about the theory you're putting forward here is this show is also so much tied up in family relations. So mm-hmm. you know for for White Rose to also have sort of a family backstory, I think would actually make a lot of sense given that most of the other characters, you know, even Price is kind of filling in with the whole you know Angela's his daughter. You know, we're getting that family picture from everyone so I would be interested to see and maybe we'll get a bit of backstory on that character um you know is there some family piece to White Rose and Jung that is important to all of the things that they do in the series yeah Dom she doesn't have much of a family that I remembered but didn't oh that's true didn't she well yeah do you remember, like, it doesn't, did she have a girlfriend or a boyfriend who ended up getting killed or something? I don't recall. I mean, obviously, the most, mostly I remember with Dom is obviously her relationship she struck with, with Darlene. Um, but uh, I don't recall if she had uh, you know, personal relationships outside of that. Because, I mean, whenever we were, whenever we mostly saw her was, her obsession with with the five nine hack and trying to break decipher all the threads that um, came from yeah, it. But wait, if you think back mm-hmm. to so when she gets recruited into the dark army, part of the way they do that is they threaten. Maybe it's her nephew or something. Like they they do threaten her family. So there's some some stuff in the background there. Yeah. 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 I I just I don't really remember too much. <laughs> no, I don't think there's a lot there for that character, right? And maybe we get that this season because I have a feeling this is going to be a big season for the Dom character. Why do you say that? Oh, I just think because she's now called upon to act against her morals and that that could be a rich story. Right, right. Well, also, I mean, she basically threw as she said to, to Darlene, she she threw everything away for for her, and her, for that relationship. And so, I mean, she's going to have to have to rebuild from that. Uh, what what we saw transpire at the end of the, uh, end of the third season. 
which is, I mean, there's a lot of, I think that third season was a lot of, we, we, we saw the culmination of, of all the various breakdowns. And then of course, it's, it, to me, it seems that moving forward with, especially with the email that and the package that Trent sent to, Trenton sent to to Elliot to reverse to five dot hack. It's I think we're going to see how people build themselves back up after all the tr- turmoil and uh, trauma that they've been exposed to over the previous seasons. Will, can you please tell the truth? Have you been secretly behind my back rewatching season three? No. Okay. I have not because the amount you remember is astonishing to me. <laughs> Well, it's just it's in talking about it, it, it's starting to come back, and this is why this show is so damn good. It's because it's it is all in the back in the back of my head there somewhere. It's just it just needed the right stimulus to come out. <laughs> I despise you, and I'm also really in, impressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's our show. Our show yeah, every week. <laughs> So if people wanted to hear more uh, of your excellent rapport, you two, and hear your show, where could they find you online? I just have to get the rundown because I never remember. <laughs> you can oh, follow I know, I know. <laughs> You can follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd, friend us on Faces, Facebook, follow us on Instagram, but most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Will runs our Twitter. And everything else. <laughs> so, but when Sarah gets the keys to the Twitter, she's like the Twitter god. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where we can find us. That's great. I have a feeling we have a lot to look forward to from your show and Twitter account. Um, listen, I really want to thank the two of you for joining us today. Uh, listeners, please do check out their show, Seen a Nerd, on all your regular platforms. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Mr. Rewatch. We've recorded this episode between several locations, actually. I'm in Ontario. Where are you folks? I'm in Alaska. And I'm in North Carolina. Amazing. Well, thank you so very much for being with us. And until next time, bonsoir.